This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Here are your hosts, Derek Johnson and Dougals. Father's Day. Talking a little bit about uh, stories with the with our dads growing up, me and Dougal's here, and also uh, whatever is going on on the hardcore Husky boards and the little that's going on with Husky football. Dougal's, uh, how how much have you been paying attention to the boards lately? I've seen you on the tug. I'm I'm trying to figure out if uh, Joe Lobadon is still in the backfield or uh, running the linebacking crew. I, I have no idea who's on the team right now. Well. I'd say the biggest waves that are being made in recent days has been uh, True Blue. Have you seen him, the Oregon guy? Yeah, True Blue's been uh, getting uh, destroyed by Grundle, and it's uh, it's bringing me life. Well, is it so much Grundle as much as it is a baseman and uh, Mike Damone? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to ca- I'd have to catch up on the uh, hardcore Husky hot talk. Uh, I see. I see. I see on the front page we have a DM to True Blue, and it's just a it's a constant barrage uh, of abuse. Um, he has not gotten his reads down. He definitely needs to uh, PM Irish Dude and uh, figure that out. It looks like. I'm and not sure that Irish Dude. Dug... It's Father's Go Day, ahead. so he doesn't have to worry about your mother's jokes. <laughs> Well, an Irish Irish dude, uh, he, I don't know if he's even among the living anymore. I don't think he's logged in in over two years or something. But um, He probably died doing what he loved, suffocated underneath <laughs> a behemoth. Of a, yeah, he, forgot the, he, he forgot the safe word, and his, 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 last, uh, his last breath was exactly where he wanted to be. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do people listening to this have no idea what we're talking about? They're just going to be scratching their heads. But uh, anyway, they've already, uh, they've, they've already turned it, the channel. Fuck them. It involved it involved a uh, an OG poster that had kind of a fat fetish when it came to women, and uh, we'll leave it at that. So, um, well. <laughs> I guess, uh, first of all, just do you have any thoughts off the top of your head in regards to things going on with Hardcore Husky? It's, it's uh, relatively speaking, it's definitely the slow part of the year. Um, no, uh, yeah, the, you know, it, it is slower right now. Um, obviously, I think the tug is, is going off. I'll, I'll keep it out of the tug for the most part. Um, but it's been, you know, the finance board, I've actually enjoyed the finance board seeing a, uh, Pigos and, and, and Fudge Pack have a little win streak and popping off has been nice. Um, but but as far as, you know, Husky football and, and just the main board right now, I'm just I'm I'm just kinda trying to get myself psyched up and understand that we're going to Michigan and um I, I was there was no doubt in my mind I was gonna go to this game uh, mm-hmm. and you know, see you know, see a game in the big house for the first time. I've never been to Ann Arbor. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of, I, I'm, I'm totally in wait and see mode now. And, and, um, see, I, I want to watch that first game and see how I feel. I'll, I'll watch it on HD from the couch, you know, but, but the, we'll, we'll see, uh, as far as, you know, this team, I, I feel like it's always said like last season, I was like, this is a pivotal year for Jimmy Lake and for the program. Like we need to have this, 
monumentous, like successful season so that the CP momentum doesn't just, you know, go down the drain. Well, then the COVID stuff just got so funky and we had a kind of a decent year, but it was very small sample size. And then we totally bowed out and, and, and wished Oregon well uh, to the Pac-12 championship, which really just sapped a lot of enthusiasm and respect I had for the AD and, and, it just kind of killed the momentum. But again, we're, it's almost a mulligan year because last year was so weird that you really can't chalk anything up to it. And, um, and, and, and so here we are again, we have a talented roster. Our recruiting on paper sucked this last season. It's not trending that great, um, you know, for the future seasons, but we still have the proper blue chip ratio and we're still stacked with all those classes that, that CP, uh, assembled and, uh, and so this is it, you know, we're, we're loaded. We have a class, we, we have a, a bunch of returners and it, this is kind of like, again, a pivotal make or break year for the program. And, and in particular, Jimmy Lake, because if it falls off a cliff this full season and, and we don't have, you know, the new recruits coming in of the same caliber, because it's so far, it hasn't been the case. Um, it could be like very Sarkeesian decline to mediocrity. Um, and it would be it'd be a shame to see. So that's my big fear. Well, I do believe uh, I don't even remember specifically the last time that you and I podcasted. It was a few months ago, but it seems like it was right around that time that we were, you know, that our AD, God love her, she was wishing Oregon, uh, as you were saying, good luck, represent the North. We'll be written for you. Um, yeah, and. And that just took me out even further, <laughs> further degree. Like you know, my God, what are we doing? So I don't know. <clears throat> the boards, the boards keep going. They've certainly slowed down. Um, and like if you compare 2019 numbers to 2020 numbers, um, you know, was, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was so down like 40 percent in terms of traffic. Though donations were actually slightly higher last year than they were the year before, um, which is interesting. But um, but traffic was way down, and yet at the same time, compared to you know just the context of what was going on, there was very little football. Everything was politicized and dramatized, and everything. Uh, and then before we even had a season, it was over. You know, it was mm-hmm. we didn't even really get out of the driveway. So um, I'm kind of in that same boat, I think, as that I was a few months ago. I'm. I'm looking for reasons to believe in Jimmy Lake and I'm having trouble finding it other than it seems like his players love him. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really give him that much credit for going three and one last year in the same manner that I wouldn't give him much. I wouldn't hold him at fault if he had gone two or two or one and three. And I don't think unless they were just absolutely like 49 to seven lost to Oregon state and that kind of thing. Of course I would hold that against him, but I just, you know, you can't really judge what uh, occurred last year because they're just everything. Everything was just too whack, and and then there was, you know, so many times uh, where you know different teams around the country and in the conference were going against each other. But then it was not; it was only a semblance of the roster that they had the week before because you would have three guys out with COVID or nine guys out with COVID, or or you know, or everything just gets canceled overall. Or um, so. Um, I kind of view this as like I'm not really a poker player, but it's kind of like the UW and Jimmy Lake are at a poker table. They're pushing all their chips to the uh, center of the table. They're all in with what they think is a good hand. But if they don't win that, there's really – it doesn't seem like there's much in the tank going yeah. forward. 
So yeah, no, it's it's yeah, exactly. Right now we still have ammunition. It's like right now we still have a, a relatively to stick with the poker uh, analogy. It's, we still have a relatively big stack, and we can we can we can push some chips around, but it's it, it, we better win because um, you know Crystal Ball's got whatever he's got going on. Um, at, at Oregon, they won a Rose Bowl. They went back to a Rose Bowl because we handed it to them. Um, you know, they have, you know, you know their their star recruit, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, who went there, is getting all this hype. He's probably going to be a top five pick. Um, so, you know, other recruits see that. They want it's It's it really we need to stop that bleeding of momentum towards the Oregon as a program. Um, and that's what really hurts so badly, just handing them the uh, – the the Pac-12 uh, championship game, and I know there's a bunch of other reasons for that. It's not as simple as saying that, but but we don't wish them well on the way out. But but yeah, I mean this is this is a, a big season where you know we were breaking in a new offensive coordinator. I'm not as I know everyone hates John Donovan. I I, uh, I actually like some of the things that he did, and I I don't think the offense is as terrible as people think. Um, and it can be frustratingly uh, simplistic at, at moments, but I think that uh, opening up the, the deep passing game and now that Dylan Morris is going to have a second year, I mean, we were breaking in a lot of new parts last season, uh, offensively speaking. And, yes. and so, so and I, you know, we lost Puka, and, but we still got some big heavy hitter names out there that were highly recruited guys that everyone in the country wanted. When you talk about, you know, McMillan is still going around, Oduns, I, I like Bynum. He's shown to be something, uh, you know, we have Otten, which I think is the best tight end in the country. I'm shocked he's still playing college football, to be frank. Yes. So, so there are enough weapons there with another year in the system. Uh, and then another big one was running back. We kind of had this huge committee approach. We didn't know who we wanted. And I think we talked about, at least you asked me, who, who do I want to see get more carries? And I said, uh, uh, Cam Davis. And 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 that that looks like he's finally separating, and and he's going to get the the bulk of the carries. At least that's what I'm hoping. Um, after after the spring, because he did look the part as far as that, that explosiveness and the change of pace. And and so if he can get fed more, and then knowing that we have some guys with some good experience that take care of the ball, and it just there's, all the pieces are there. It really is a season where we have to. <laughs> We have to uh, uh, capitalize on this because if we take this roster and just completely, uh, you know, lay an egg, and Oregon ends up steamrolling the Pac-12 again, I mean, good luck, good luck in the future, good luck re- uh, recruiting. Um, the, the the majority of the the top dogs are going to the SEC anyways, so we're already down a, a peg or a tier as it is. So you know, we don't want to, you know, with with Peterson. We were getting those guys. We were actually snatching some guys, and we were keeping the best in the West Coast. You know, we were recruiting better than USC and Oregon, you know, for the first time in a while. Uh, and now those guys that would have come to us are, 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 or USC are going to the SEC, and, um, and they have plenty of good reason because they actually play football down there. And, uh, and, and, or Texas. And gonna, yeah, or Texas. And, yeah, well, Sarkeesian's going to – he's going to – We'll see. I, that's actually my my Texas is my number two team. It's my second favorite team this year. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? I I love Sark. I don't even care, man. I I, I want to see Texas. I just want to see the spectacle of a Sarkeesian Texas uh, from T-Mobile kiosk to Texas. A head football coach. I love his story. <laughs> uh, 
God bless him. So we'll know we'll know by week three if he's like oh. you know bloated and forty five pounds overweight at the barbecue in, in Austin <laughs> and Rayleigh Street has gotten to him or whatever the hell that is down there. <laughs> Maybe COVID shutting down the bars is the best thing that could have happened. To him. Yeah, Ra- Rainy Street. That's what it is. I bet he had his back party out there. But he's sorry. I thought it was. Uh, I, I, I thought it was Sixth Street. That's one of them Isn't too. It? There's, there's, it's all the, the whole the whole area is amazing. I, I might just move gotcha. to Austin and just pretend I went there. I don't care. <laughs> oh Lord. Well. And I tell you what, though we thought that we thought the whole Oregon problem was put to bed when we uh, when we won seventy to twenty one, and and uh, the guy that preceded Meathead, and I'm forgetting his name, um, uh, the guy that had the had the name that was almost like a race band would like call it a Nazi name, um, oh, really? Hel- Hellfreak or whatever, Hellfreak. Oh, <laughs> So, anyways, I thought that we put that whole thing to bed and we didn't really have to worry about it anymore, which is, that, as I was explaining a few days ago on the site, uh, when someone was saying, why do we have a duck refuge anyways? And I was like, well, I created this thing when uh, E-Duck started banning a bunch of their unruly posters, and I just saw that as a chance that they could come over and have the, a place to hang out here, that they'd be more or less like-minded. And meanwhile, they, you know, Meathead was going to run them into the ground down there and and we were on the ascent with Peterson and stuff, but little did I know that, uh, you know, Peterson would burn out and then quit, and then um, Meathead would take his team to a Rose Bowl title. So um, there you go. It's pretty uh, it's pretty unbelievable to turn around. Um, you know, the importance of, of winning those those games. I and mean, we won two in a row, and then we choked that third one, and that led, that led them, you know, we still went to the Rose Bowl that year, but then the next year that just – we have an Oregon problem. We have a Stanford problem, and, and and yeah, it felt good to break that streak with the seventy and twenty one. But um, the way that they recovered so quickly and then popped off, and we still haven't even popped off. Um, that's that's alarming. And you know, we have our athletic department cheering them on. Uh, so, I, and I think we've talked about this a little bit. I mean, yeah, you, you yes. want to be respectful and professional, but. I mean, this is a billion-dollar business. This is a competition. These are the they are the direct threat to your prosperity, and and so and you, you're wishing them well. We we do not. I mean, you would never see that in the SEC. Um, you would never see that in, in a in a program that really cared about winning and and cared on uh, no. delivering, delivering a product to the fans and to the people and to the donors that, that make it all possible. So. Uh, 19, 1991 was a long time ago, and the 2016 <laughs> playoff was a long time ago. It feels like um, yes, it does. Know, it, it's nice to get lumped into, you know, hey, we're one of two Pac-12 teams to actually make a a, a playoff, uh, and and but it's it's losing its luster pretty pretty quickly, and and yeah, I mean, we'll see we'll see how it goes. It's interesting that you know this Harbaugh matchup. I thought Harbaugh was going to be a slam dunk at Michigan, and now you know he's about to be ran out of Me town. Um, and and leave it to Washington. I feel like we always let uh, quarterbacks break records on us. There's always like some wide receiver who did something that's never been done in 76 years against the Huskies, and you know there's always there's always something that happens that just just ru- you know it's, it's like play Washington if you want to do something incredible. So. Of course, you know, an overrated Washington is going to come into Ann Arbor and get their ass kicked by Michigan and Harbaugh's back, and then they'll probably go like 3-10 and 10 in the fucking Big Ten, and, 
Uh, and it's just like, we got to win this game. We're a better team than they are. Their coach is on the hot seat. We have all this momentum. Uh, we have all the returners. We can run the damn We have ball. all this momentum? We do? Well, as far as far as the players are concerned and the returners, like, there's actual talent on this team. So yes, when there I say is. Momentum, right? Like, our team and Jimmy Lake is, is driving around on his boat. Like, we we may not know they're dead yet, but but, but like, that's, that's a good thing. The Michigan, they, they're losing recruits. Like, they've already had their, like, come to Jesus moment, and they failed. So they're, they're on the backside. We all know what's going to happen at Michigan. It's only a matter of time. You know, we still stick to the three-year rule. Uh, but this is a pretty heavily uh, uh, weighted year two for, for Jimmy Lake because he's going to have to do year three with a lot less talent if this doesn't pan out. Um, so, I, I, so, yeah. Well, I was just, just going to say that I do feel better going in there to Ann Arbor with uh, Dylan Morris having a year under his belt. If this was his like, second start that he's going to be making, I would feel like we probably had no, next to no chance. But uh, I feel like I feel like we, ha- we should go in there with every be- – we have every right to believe that we can win that game. So, oh yeah, I mean we should, and I think we, I think we will. You know, I'm, I, I'm still a dude at heart. I mean, here before we got on this call, I, I was like, I don't even, I don't even know if I like football anymore. But now I'm just talking to you, and I'm just like, I'm starting to get all, get all jacked up about it, and and and, and just thinking about, you know, going to a Rose Bowl this year, winning, winning another title. I mean, that's what I don't care about the playoff picture as much anymore. It's all, it's all skewed out, but we gotta, we gotta represent the North in the PAC 12 championship game. And we should win that. I think we're the most talented team, even though we're not getting that, that billing. I, I really think that we're the most talented team, which again, just shows how terrible our branding is. I don't, I don't think we're ranked coming into the season, um, even though we, we return so many people. Um, but, but, you know, this, this is our, again, I think this is our year, like our the conference to lose. We should be representing the Pac-12 at the end of the year. And if we don't, I think it's a failure. And Jimmy's been there long enough as an assistant and now has had a year to implement his stuff and he's walking around talking shit. And so, like, here we go. You know, let's, let's, let's see it. You know, let's see it. Well, the script would say that we go into Ed Arbor and, you know, we the, the first play from uh, scrimmage, uh, you know, we're in shotgun and the ball goes over Morris's head and, and Michigan recovers at the five and, and then we lose 45 to 10. And then uh, Sports Illustrated the following week has a picture of Harbaugh that says, Michigan's out for blood. And then you fast forward to the end of the year, and Michigan finished 7 and 5. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and, our, and, our, and our season ended up with, uh, you know, 6 and 6 or something. So that would say what the script is. But yeah. um, Michigan, Michigan football is back. <laughs> but, you know. Let's um, let's uh, you know it's something you texted me a few weeks ago. You said um, I think we were talking not so much about Husky football, but about hardcore Husky in terms of uh, just excitement on the boards and stuff. And you, you said something to the effect of you know we're just one win away from Michigan from setting fire to the whole place again in, in a good way. So yeah, and it's true. I mean we're dudes at heart. We want to see the team do well. I mean we're not. I don't even. I'm not making too hard of terms here, Jimmy Lake. You know. I'm just saying, you know, go on the road, you know, beat a story program that's in decline at the moment um, after you have your warm-up the week before. And, I mean, there's no reason we should be 3-0. and Typically, I would lump Cal. I'm looking at the schedule. We have, you know, Montana, Michigan, Arkansas State, Cal, Oregon State. 
So that typically I would say if we get past Michigan, that's a like right in five and zero. But we can't yes. miss Cal these days, and Jonathan Smith is going to come out with some babushka magic. I just fucking know it. And, <laughs> yes. and so, so, I mean, we can, we can very well be – I would like to say that's 5-0, and oh, and then you see UCLA, which I actually think UCLA might be uh, the best team in the South. Um, I, I actually feel like yeah, we'll see there. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, we should be 5-0, and oh, but I can very well easily the way that we've been running lately. Um, you know, and by running, I just mean, you know, as as we as as the theme has gone for Husky football, uh, I could easily see us being two and three heading to, heading to play UCLA in Seattle, and just you know the season's over. So it, you cannot lose that Michigan game. Um, it just I think it would be a real real demoralizing blow. Um, and then we can't beat Cal because we proven we can't beat Cal. And uh, I, I just I just think then you have that stretch of at Stanford versus Oregon and Arizona State. So that's that should be the where we really care about the season. But we can't take any grain. This team doesn't know and this program doesn't know how to consistently win, um, uh, especially like uh, one thing we could bank on with Peterson is he couldn't beat the bigger team and he couldn't beat when yes. he was the team when he was an underdog, but he could always take care of business for the teams that he's supposed to beat. And really, if you just do that in the Pac-12, you're going to have good results, and that's why we had three NY6 games. I think the only game I ever – you know, he always had those a uh, Stanford game here and there where you're scratching your head, like, why did we show up? Um, and then the Arizona State game uh, <clears throat> where we were – we just totally laid an egg at Arizona State. Um, I remember scratching my head on that one. I think that's where uh, – uh, uh, you know, we just didn't get anything going for the longest time. And and so, but besides that, like Peterson, you could pretty much just, you know, get the victories and count on them when you're supposed to win. But we don't know that with Lake. I mean, we took a miracle comeback against Utah, um, you know, last, last year's little mini Northwest. Hey, by the way, hang the fucking banner. Put a North, North title. <laughs> Put a North title up in the Raptors. Right? I mean, seriously, hang the banner. I mean, that should be something that we would do just to agitate and irritate, if nothing else. I mean, let's let's hang the banner. We won the North. Uh, but but we also were, you know, a miracle comeback and uh, away from uh, – and a, and a blown uh, fourth and goal call from the beam away from, like, having a losing season last year. So, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. On paper, we're good. <laughs> Uh is going to break through probably because now he's probably an offensive genius now that he's left Washington because we can't have nice things. And, I don't know. Well, I, w- I would love to just see the look on your face as uh, the Huskies break huddle and approach the line of scrimmage for the first play of the day uh, against Michigan, and then they're like, you know, they're in the T formation or something. <laughs> so, I, hope I would so. love to. <laughs> Is Bush Hamden on the Bush Hamden on the sidelines calling the speed option at the goal line against Auburn with Jake Browning? God damn! You still haven't gone public with that story, and we won't we won't do that today. But uh, yeah. the uh, the ramifications. Day. What's that? I died that day. That was when, when, when Hamden when Hamden busted out the speed option with Jake Browning inside the five. I I basically like I, I've never been the same. It changed. It, it changed and my as life, I but. and as I recall, um, I don't think we'd even run that play in weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, like, oh, yeah. or, or, or many games, it. I should say. You yeah, know, we never ran. And it, it, here's the thing with Dylan Morris, kind of on the Jake Browning stick. When he kind of said that when the ball, you know, 
predictably go over our head and we'd lose 45 yards. With Brownie, no <laughs> doubt. With, with, with Brownie, no doubt. But, but Dylan Morris has shown some playmaking abilities. You know, we finally have a guy where that could actually be a positive, where it's like the ball rolls around, he picks it up, and then he, he sees Otten streaking and he somehow makes the play. He seems to have a little bit of that X factor, and, and that's why um, I'm, I'm really excited to see his development in year two. And, and hopefully, realistically, with that beginning of the schedule, outside of Michigan, because I know they have athletes, but hopefully we can really blow the shit out of these, these Arkansas State and Montana teams. Let Sam Heward come in and get some reps, like really get some of these guys reps. Um, just to, just to kind of take the whole program up to snuff. You know, we didn't play that many games last year. And I know it's like Don James always pulling, you know, the starters by the second half and the third and fourth quarter. I mean, how beneficial is it to a program when you have your young guys feeling engaged, getting actual snaps, um, it's just the overall depth and quality and how that will lend itself to the future can't be understated or overstated, I should say. And and, um, and so I just really hope that we take care of business like we should against these weaker teams and, and really get back to a strong program that expects to win, that has depth. I mean, our front, I know we DTS out and then Latu has, you know, that, you know, just, you know, awful injury that ends his career and, and but it's like next man up. We got we got some guys there. You know, it's small as the time to shine. Um, Bryce is looking really good. From what everyone says, Bowman's like a seventh year walk on senior. I don't know what the hell he's on the roster still. And uh, I mean, so it, it's we have to 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 keep going uh, and, and keep developing the depth because the recruiting class wasn't that solid last year. It was a smaller class. Although I will say we did win. The, the transfer, we finally got some decent high-level transfers in. Um, that safety from Oklahoma, Bookie, I'm, I'm stoked on that guy. That guy has like 100K-plus Instagram followers. Uh, he's just one of those guys you want in your program. He adds hype, but he also adds substance. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, you know, he's physical. He seems driven. He, it just seems like a guy that you want in your locker room to inspire the other people to be big time. He feels like a big-time guy. And so, and I know last year we kind of had some hyped up guys in the back end that didn't really uh, deliver the way that we were hoping to. And so putting him back there, I think he's day one starter and just his presence from what I see online and how he carries himself and, you know, reports around, around the practices. I mean, his presence is just feels big time. And that's what we need to get back to. Kind of like how, like a Zim Victor 2016, where you could take that guy into the SEC territory and be like, he still might be the baddest dude in this room. But he still, at the very least, doesn't care, you know. And he's gonna he's gonna hit hard and talk shit, and he's gonna feel big time, and that's gonna that's gonna bleed out into other players around him. So, I I, I love I love the addition of that guy, and uh, you know, some again we lost we lost Puka, some quality depth at receiver. I think they had some some transfer from like Texas Tech or Texas A and M, and a Michigan transfer that you know was a highly recruited guy out of high school. So. So hey, you know, there's we we didn't have this most you know impressive high school recruiting class, but we got some additional talent that can help us now, and uh, in spots that we needed. So you know, let's let's see what Jimmy Lake uh, puts together. For a guy that's lost all of his love uh, for football, uh, <laughs> he'd be pretty fired up. Yeah, well, I'm like, you know, I, I got like, the, I got called football autism. I can't help but, but just download. Even when I'm not paying attention, I'm somehow downloading information uh, through, through sleepless nights uh, on the interwebs. 
So uh, then I guess we we could conclude you know, today's Father's Day, and uh, I know that you've said uh, like when you and I were texting. I don't think you mind me saying this that you were you were you were saying that one of the reasons you wanted to try to get your enthusiasm back for Husky football was intricately tied in with your dad. And so if you just want to take a minute or five and and talk about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, this has been a shitty year and a half, two years, um, you know, for everyone. You know, COVID, you know, the politics, all, all the stuff that goes into it. Um, everyone, nobody seems to be happy. Uh, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. And and I'll, I just kind of wanted to take it back to, like, you know, well, why do I even care about this team so much? Why do I care about Washington Husky football so much? Well, it goes back to, you know, my dad was going to UW. I grew up in student housing and, uh, you know, as a baby, and that's when we won the title. And, and that, this is this Husky football has just been passed on to me. You know, this is how I have developed my relationship with my father. It seems to be the uh, base around Husky football. You know, I mean, it really, we go to games and, and we talk about the games, and, and it's been a constant in my life, and, and I'm really grateful for that. And, and all the memories and the good memories that we've had, obviously they've been fewer good memories lately. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, that that's why we that's why we spend all this money. That's why we take time to talk about it. That's why we do all these things and travel. And, and you know, it's, we, we want to be together with people that, that we love and enjoy the game. And, and you know, for me, uh, I just I just was like, you know, like let's just, let's just simplify everything. Let's, let's get a little healing going. And and let's just simplify it. You know, my dad's a full blown dude. Uh, he he he's one of those guys. He does not have a concern. You know, he's like barking for Sark. You know, and Sark's like signing USC documents. You know, he has no fucking clue. Uh, to some extent, like like, like how we do. You know, I'm over here. Uh, you know, he he he's the kind of guy that will mute the uh, the television broadcast and, and put Rondo on. Uh, and then he'll never he'll never sync it up quite right, which will drive me insane. So either Rondo gives away the play or the television gives. It's like, it's, it's a, that's a whole yep. other argument. An airing of yep. Judas. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he loves this thing, you know, and he'll love Husky football forever. And 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 I can't, you know, he used to I used to pretend to be Mario Bailey in the front yard and he'd throw diving uh, diving passes to mm. me for hours, you know, and and that's just mm. kind of how this thing has grown and. and you, you know, for the future, again, I think we've talked about this so many times, but for the future of Husky football, that's where the fan base comes from. I mean, I think, and, and unfortunately, yes. there was such a huge gap there. I think Oregon is now benefiting from that same kind of um, depth and weight of that message where you have these families that have just been, you know, basically indoctrinated into, you know, this successful program, and it just becomes a part of your life. Um, and so, you know, Outside of me, it's kind of, some guys kind of like, like <laughs> kind of so, like Antifa taking hold, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. A little, a little Southern Antifa school is just—they're uh, all in. They're all in. They're burning down. They're, they're burning down stadiums. Nobody gets it. Uh, but, 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 uh, and we're out here. We're out here losing the right way. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just. So I'm just getting back to the season and, and, and back to the. The, the joy of just spending time with my family and, you know, happy father's day to all the dude fathers out there. And, and, uh, you know, this is kind of a, it's been a while, uh, on the podcast. Hopefully it comes through clean. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I want to just watch some fucking Husky football and let's get some fucking wins this year. You know, let's, let's actually celebrate something good and, and let's not be 
let's not get punked by our neighbors down south and and let's actually run this run this show because we got the team and 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 uh hopefully we have the coach i, I don't know and then I'll just take a minute or two and and, and talk about my dad. Uh, my dad's 80, just recently turned 82 years old. Um, and so when he was uh, 18 years old, I believe he was a freshman at Washington in 1957, which happened to be the first year that Jim Owens came to Washington. Um, and then by my dad's junior and then senior years is when they had the uh, the back-to-back Rose Bowls. And, you know, my dad uh, drove down there with his um, – with his fraternity buddies all the way to Pasadena and saw both those games and stuff. Uh, I was born uh, um, October 3rd, 1970, and I was born at 10.08 in the morning on a foggy Saturday morning. And then an hour and a half after I was born, my dad kissed my mom on the forehead and then went to Husky Stadium for the game. (laughs) So uh, I know some people out there that are hearing this have already heard that story a few times, but others probably have not. But, um, and, uh, and then uh, he, he uh, where did he work at that time? I think he, he was a CPA at, at Weyerhaeuser, I think, at that time. Um, and so he, he told me that, uh, you know, the following Monday that he put up a thing on the uh, community, you know, bulletin board there in the hallway or whatever, or the coffee room, and it, it announced my uh, birth as, as Derek Six Killer Johnson. And, um, and then he started taking me to games when I was uh, five, and that was right around the time that Don James uh, came in. And so I got to see the the Rose Bowl um, and the little bit of the dip there in the in the mid to late 80s. Uh, and then, of course, when we had the emphasis on speed and recruited Napoleon Kaufman and we had Dave Hoffman and Steve Entman and Stan Enterman and all those guys. Um, and we won, you know, the, the went to the three Rose Bowls in a row, won the national championship and everything. <clears throat> and uh, – I don't. I don't want to turn this into a just a thing of a scrapbook here, but uh, I'll just I'll, I'll pick one memory out here. Uh, the 1983 Michigan game, which would have been September 17th, 1983. Uh, so I was 12 years old at that time, and so uh, there was uh, late in the third quarter. The Huskies were uh, trailing 17 to 10, and Steve Puller, the quarterback, dropped back to pass. And a Michigan um, end rusher came in and blindsided him and knocked the ball free. And Michigan recovered at about the 10 or 5-yard line. And then they punched it in. So heading into the fourth quarter, the Huskies are down 24 to 10. And I got so despondent and I started, you know, throwing a little tantrum, I think, or whatever. And my dad, uh, my dad bet me $1 that the Huskies would come back to win. <laughs> there you um, go. And fourth quarter, Steve Puller completes, I think it was 15 passes in a row. Uh, they scored two touchdowns, including one with about a minute left, and they went for two, and I think it was Dave Stransky that he hit in the back of the end zone on the crossing route from right to left. Um, and the Huskies won 25 to 24. Awesome. And my dad claims to this day I haven't paid him the dollar. Um, <laughs> so uh, that yeah. it's, it's memories like that, and obviously I could uh, I could go on and on and on about uh, countless little memories like that of, of the years that – we went to games together. I'll just conclude by saying, and again, some of the people on the message boards know this, but my dad, as I said, he's 82 years old now, and then he gave up. Uh, I, I, I've been going to like, I've been going to one or two games a year with him up until about 
2015 or 16, and then if I went to other games, I was getting my own tickets and stuff like that. But we were still going once or twice a year together. And um, but I stopped going in 2016 for personal reasons, just my personal distaste of things. Um, but my, my dad and I uh, got together um, September of 2019, and we went to that Cal game at Husky Stadium, and it was a chance to see Jacob Eason and, and all this. And then, of course, that was when the epic rain and thunderstorm and lightning storm came. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could I could write a, a short book probably just from that night of everything that happened to us. But the bottom line is, is that we left, and um, and uh, so the, and then we you know that game resumed and finished at like three in the morning. And as uh, Duke DeJour was saying on the boards and saying to me private, or actually she was saying to me privately, was that. It would be a real shame if that was the last game that my dad and I went to was that one, and we should try that. It would give us a go again. My dad, by the way, the large reason why he gave up his season tickets a couple of years ago after like 61 years of being a season ticket holder, the primary reason was there's so many of these night games that he doesn't get home till he lives in Port Orchard. He doesn't get home till 1 or 1.30 in the morning, and it's just too much. Yeah. And – and uh but we don't know what time the game is or anything like this, but we decided that we are going to attend the uh, Washington-Arizona State game this year, which is going to be on November 13th at Husky Stadium. Uh, so the, we're going to be going to at least one more game. So uh, happy awesome. – uh, if, if you're hearing this, Dad, happy Father's Day. Uh, and I love you. Looking forward to that November 13th game, and it should be fun. So Great. I'll try to make it out. I'm going to try to make, out, make it out to a few games this year, uh, hopefully with my dad as well. So – I'll, I'll maybe bitch pork will come on down and uh, we can uh, have a little pre-party at the ASU game. I think he's an orphan, isn't he? Yeah, who knows what? Who knows what bitch pork? He, he's probably just a he's probably a bot. He's like a syphilis infected bot posing, posing as an ASU fan. Uh, I don't know. Trying to make yeah, Oregon probably... State fans look bad. He's probably in his smoggy, uh, or what is it, smog-filled Moscow studio apartment. Yeah. He's just... Shout out to Pup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So, well, okay, I, I, any other thoughts? I think we can pretty much wrap it up on that note. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for today. Uh, yeah, it's good to, good to pod with you, and... And uh, hopefully we'll get some more of these going. And as the season gets uh, closer, uh, uh, we'll have a little more actual true content. But, but yeah, that's let's let's. I can't wait. You know, it's this year's flying by. We're we're almost there. I mean, September's around the corner, so um, it's 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 close. All right. Well, I'll talk to you again in about six months or so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. See you later. <laughs> When, uh, Husky Stadium's officially a pee patch. Uh, <laughs> so, no. Anyway. But go right. dogs. Hey, go dogs. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at Husky. HardcoreHusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. 
And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level of cyber... Peyote. Peyote. Come join Swain's Wigwarm. I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information. All for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but... 